0: much trouble. There won't be any trouble if you ride on.
1: Ride right on? I'm going to the hills for the winter. Where am I going to get the food for my men? Oh, yeah, I'll grow it. Or maybe even work for it. Seven? Somehow I don't think you've solved my problem. Solving your problems isn't our line. We deal in lead, friend.
0: Howdy, partners, and welcome to the Yuletide TV podcast, the podcast where we typically watch and review random Christmas episodes, but today you're joining us for our final installment of Screw You, Watch This, where we've been taking turns at hosting and forcing the others to watch something they might otherwise not. Before we get to talking about what we watch today, I always like to check in and see how my co-hosts are doing. Brian and John, how are you enjoying the easing up of these social distancing restrictions?
1: Still doing it, because I, <laughs> I don't trust people, and I'm going to wear my face mask, because I don't trust people, I'm going to keep washing my hands, because I don't trust people. Otherwise, fine. John?
2: I bought a vodka bottle full of hand sanitizer, <laughs> so I Are guess. you sure it's
1: just not just vodka?
2: I was, I thought, I really reviewed it hard, because I was like, is this a bit? Because it was like, like a cheap like a plastic vodka bottle. I'm like, it could just be cheap vodka making a joke, but it appears to be hand sanitizer, or else I must smell like I have a horrible drinking problem. Yeah. Did
0: you you try mixing it with anything?
2: Uh, I fear it.
1: I was going hipster a while back and i was picking out like a beard a while oil. back shut up <laughs> and i was picking out a beard oil and i was like hey april what if i picked out this one it's supposed to smell like bourbon and april said uh very accurately maybe you shouldn't smell like bourbon at work and uh i agreed i agreed so to, to john's point maybe hand sanitizers that smell like vodka aren't a great idea
2: i mean i think it was just a company a lot of like breweries because, like, Wisconsin has far too many. I've kind of switched over to doing hand sanitizer stuff stuff just just to try to stay in business. So I would assume distilleries are doing that, too. Who knows, man? But either way, fucking wear your face mask. No one has to look cool right now. Sanitize your hands before you get in your car. Don't be weird. Don't stand in large groups yelling at buildings right now.
1: Dad, that's the worst thing you could do. You know, the building didn't do anything wrong, so why yell at it?
2: Well, I'm glad to hear (laughs) you guys are still
0: staying safe and healthy. I think those are all really good tips for our listeners. Uh, You know, you got 4th of July coming up. Who knows what could happen there? So just be smart, be safe, wash your hands, carry around your vodka, hand sanitizer, and kill those germs.
1: What do you think the possibility of them implementing the cure for the coronavirus into the fireworks show will be? Like high, low? <laughs> what do you th- uh, what, what, what do you guys <laughs> feel about that one?
2: Do Do you mean that it will be said, or do you mean that it will happen? Because the po- the chances that Uh, it gets said that there is something that cures the coronavirus and fireworks. Yeah, yeah, like like they
1: decide. America, Trump comes out and says, listen, I wanted to come out with a surprise for everybody. We found the cure for the coronavirus, and we are going to distribute it at every fireworks show. We took over black cat fireworks, and we put in, in an amazing, great deal, the virus killer. In said fireworks. So, so have fun. Right? Do you think, do you think the odds of that are high?
2: (laughs) It's, it's infinity. It's going to just shoot bleach at us. I I think it goes (laughs) something
0: a little bit more like this where it's like, you know what? You know i've just i've heard this have you heard about the fireworks they're very hot you know very hot these fireworks they are very hot so you know they you know they explode you they're very bright too they hear the light is very you know not good not good for the coronavirus so you know i you know we don't know what exactly
1: could happen there but who knows you know you, maybe we could try it out maybe maybe we could try that and and we're going to combine this with the best fireworks. Everybody says we have the best fireworks. All the experts are saying it. And I just can't think of a better reason to combine the two.
2: And then a guy who makes electric cars that autopilot hit people uh, will just tweet in all caps about it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Only took 25 episodes and we're already in chemtrail territory. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which
2: if you were to give us the over under on chemtrails. Ooh. <laughs> i mean in terms of us in terms of you have me on a podcast and like <laughs> we ha- i haven't got to do any weird conspiracy theories last month a ufo from china was out there and joe rogan's telling people it's an alien and it rules and people are following it god i love america
1: <laughs> didn't the navy just release all their ufo footage too yeah. it's
2: it's for sure from like china according to like everyone who is smarter than me and knows this kind of stuff knows how to do like lateral thrust and we don't and we do not begin to understand the physics of it so like the pentagon is like releasing whatever like very clearly like chinese things awkwardly moving through the air because they're still not very good (laughs) and people are being like aliens
0: (laughs) that's that's the thing that annoys me about those every time where it's just like ufo footage and it's everyone's like yeah, everyone's dying from coronavirus, and like we're just casually dropping news that aliens are real. And it's like, well, no, we're not. We're saying here's a dot on a camera that we don't know what it is. That's what we're saying.
1: Th- that is the definition of unidentified flying object.
0: Exactly. But
1: it's not okay, an alien. Right. It's literally unidentified. Let's take back the term. You heard it here first, folks.
2: <laughs> it would be way cooler if it was an alien. Then we wouldn't have to confront our mortality. <laughs> like, it isn't. It would be. I mean, I'd be all for aliens. I don't know. Like, unless they're going to eat me. Maybe if they're going to eat me, that'd be an experience, what if Corona?
1: What if coronavirus is just like fucking anthrax to aliens and it just rips through them? Right? And it's like, yay, alien life. Like, we have come to your planet to help you with your technology and achieve. And then they all die. And they're like, well, fuck. Now we <laughs> got to try and reverse engineer everything. That's going to take another decade. Dummies.
2: Okay, Orson <laughs> Wells, calm it down. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: thank uh, you. That's a compliment.
0: Hey. Well. Yeah. From all this talk, you might be thinking we're talking about the movie Cowboys and Aliens today, but
2: uh, ooh,
1: actually, can we?
0: No, no, damn it, no.
2: Yeah, I can't, I can't do that again. Yeah, that was that was
0: a mistake. I will not be making twice. But we are going to be sticking with our somewhat impromptu theme for our "Screw You" watch this mini series by talking about a cowboy movie. This one being the original Magnificent Seven, which was released on October 12, 1960 by United Artists and is currently available to stream on Amazon Prime if you'd like to watch it for yourself. But if you haven't, though, saddle up and we'll spin you a yarn about what happened. In a town south of the border, a gang of outlaws led by a man named Calvera comes to steal the villagers' food. He says he'll be back to collect the rest, which will leave them with very little to survive. Three villagers embark to hire a gunman to help protect the village. They come across Chris and Vin, who help bury an Indian man in a, the town cemetery despite the wishes of some local racists. The villagers then hire Chris, and with his help collect six other gunmen. They return to the village and begin preparing for Calvera's return. They train them how to shoot and build intricate rope nets and bolster the defenses of the village with rock walls. They confront Calvera, and a gunfight ensues with Calvera and his men fleeing the village. While the village and the Seven celebrate, a sniper opens fire, letting everyone know there is still a threat. That night, things start to break down a bit in the village as it becomes apparent Calvera will return. The Seven ride to Calvera's camp, only to find it deserted. They race back to find the ambush ambushed the town while they were away. Calvera has them escorted out of town, but they decide to head back to save the village. Calvera and his men are killed, but only Chris, Vin, and Chico survive.
1: Chris and Vin ride off into the sunset, while
0: Chico
2: stays to
1: settle down with one of the villagers. You did it. Good job.
2: <laughs> that was harder than I expected.
1: <laughs> That's the best and simplest synopsis we've had on this show in, God, months.
2: It's almost like this movie was good.
1: (laughs) I mean, we certainly glossed over
0: a lot, uh, which we can get into more, because there are some finer details that are very nice in this movie. But I wanted to start by doing a quick rundown of our Magnificent Seven, and then thought we could each pick our, our favorite of the bunch. So we have Yul Brynner as Chris, the calm, serious one. Steve McQueen as Vin, the calm and cool, sarcastic one. (laughs) <laughs> horst buckles as chico the hot-headed young gun who just wants to belong
1: hey guys come on
0: <laughs> brad dexter as harry the man who's in it for the money charles bronson as bernardo the toughest nails
1: fighter with a heart of gold uh hold on chris real quick what's the last name for bernardo Bernardo O'Reilly, thank you. The half
0: Mexican, half Irish gunfighter, played by Charles (laughs) Bronson. Then we have James Coburn as Britt, the knife guy who just wants to nap, and Robert Vaughn as Lee, the dandy.
2: (laughs) The dandy has the best death scene in the world. Oh man just making out with a wall yeah right just (laughs) just
0: face planting (laughs)
2: dying dying is so hard before cgi
0: oh my god just like yeah yeah. that was that was (sighs) one of my notes this this movie is great but it's like the gunfight like action stunt work in this movie goes from okay to not so good like that's the range
1: well i yelled at the tv would it kill you to shoulder your rifle before you shoot it jesus christ
2: well i think they're trying to show that they don't know how to use a rifle oh like they all shot from the hip
1: everybody shot from the hip
2: i thought you were talking like when they're teaching them to use guns because it's like that's what people do with a gun is they like put it way too high on their shoulder when they when they don't and they haven't shot before but i mean cowboys they're cool it's <laughs> like i don't know cowboys are of cool of course they don't they don't need to aim they've shot so many things uh my right. favorite gunfight moment is, is the knife guy like brit right yep uh standing at waist high cover completely immobile during like the gunfight and just like casually shooting like 40 people
0: oh yeah <laughs>
2: just like no, yeah. the actor very clearly just being like i'm done acting today
1: fuck this <laughs> fuck this take Fuck this heat, I want to go back to my trailer. I'm not over this. But then, like, insisted on the, at the director, like, but you're still going to make my guy look like a badass. Well, you know, you only fired, like, 15 shots. Yeah, but it killed 30 people. Every bullet struck two people.
2: I, like, dig that this cast is so gigantic and everyone's good. And I think it makes sense as to why they could get stuff done so quickly in the 70s or 60s. <laughs> 70s, I guess, probably two, to a point less than in the 70s, where it's like, Yeah, like we have seven very good actors who have starred in other stuff. Uh, we can just shoot their parts, and it'll take like a week for each of them, and then we're done. <laughs> <laughs> like, then we can move on to the next project. We got to make 45 cowboy movies this year. Let's get them going.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> the right answer, by the way, for the best one is, is Charles Bronson. Yeah, I was gonna As say, say Charles Bronson it, As it, is the
1: it, Hispanic Irish. Tough as snail fighter with heart and cold.
2: Yeah, he's a he goes an hour without saying a lie. Which is awesome. You meet him and then he immediately doesn't talk again until he meets those children.
0: <laughs> That's where the heart of the movie is, though.
1: Yeah, I know. But like I really hope that Charles Bronson felt as awkward as him spanking that child looked. Because that was uncomfortable with a capital U.
0: did you you notice that i think he broke the bed when he when he hauled the (laughs) child onto his lap yeah because he like stands up like hauls the child and sits down very aggressively and i think the bed breaks and i think you can see one of the kids like almost breaking uh and then like realizing (laughs) that charles bronson is a professional and just is gonna keep going with the scene unless someone yells cut so
1: (laughs) is that i hope that kid had a career I, I think it's probably
2: that scene was probably really hard to shoot because it's probably really hard to like stage spank like you can't like pull a punch or something because it's and especially like facing the camera like with his like butt so it's like well I guess I gotta actually hit this kid Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but I don't want to hit him hard because I'm not an asshole like uh oh, here yeah. you know. <laughs> here's some kids, light God. pats here's some light pats on your low back my man <laughs> Get have a good career this was your highlight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think like everyone every like everyone kinda rules. Like all the characters are different enough, yeah. except Steve McQueen, who's who is there to be who's there to be mayonnaise vanilla putting on white bread. <laughs> but that's that's what a Steve McQueen does. And that's fine.
1: You know, um, because of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I can't help but see. Damian Lewis's face now every time I see <laughs> Steve McQueen <laughs> they're not they don't even look that much. No, they're not oh serious. man I know but it's just so hard for me
0: <laughs> I really like that Yul Brenner and Steve McQueen have a very uh Pitt Clooney vibe in the Oceans movies in in this like they're the leaders of the pack they're kind of very calm and collected just like kind of letting everything roll and uh, kind of managing the personalities of everyone else that they bring into their crew.
2: You know, you're you're putting a lot of big personalities to get it done with seven people. You know, you got to make some compromises. <laughs> take a take a dandy with confidence issues. You know, you know he's a good gun. <laughs> Just got to got to bring the best out in him. He's he's a good gun
0: who doesn't shoot until right before he dies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, at least he found his voice. <laughs> I
2: like this movie because it's dna and i like i had watched. you know like how you hate what your parents like or like because mm. you had to like deal with it as a child when you wanted to do other stuff so like my my dad's older or my dad was older so he was born in 1950 so this movie is like very much in his wheelhouse and like he was in the service when it came out, came out i'm sure he saw it 100 million times then so like he i've watched this movie so much as a child and i just hated it oh really <laughs> Yeah, I was, oh, okay. I was just over it. I hate all John Wayne movies, too. Every John Wayne movie fucking sucks.
1: Well, he's kind of a piece of shit, so I think it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, they're just bad. They're not fun. Death Wishes are cool. I love Death Wishes. <laughs> 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 Those are great. Uh, but you, it's cool to just kind of, like, think about, like, its DNA is just over every movie <laughs> that we make now. Oh. It's just everywhere. It's, like, the most influential movie yeah there's
0: there's a ton in here that you can see i mean and it itself is you know it's based on a samurai movie that has almost an identical plot with different characterizations but this whole idea of assembling a crew and everyone has a specialty like insurmountable odds it's a trope as old as
1: time to a certain extent (laughs) well i mean the mandalorian did an episode pretty much based off this and uh it kind of ruled oh yeah the Mandalorian the episode, and the Clone sure. Wars. Uh Oh, Clone series. Wars did it. Nice. Yeah, back in the back in the day.
2: You know it didn't do it, the movies, cuz they're not good.
1: <laughs> you know, that's another <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs> there there was at one time, you want to hear this for a horror story, but right after Disney bought um Star Wars, there were rumors that Zack Snyder was actually going to do like a Seven Samurai-style Star Wars movie with jedi or you know like jedi and bounty hunters and that sort of thing
2: i i like all of the words you said except zach schneider (laughs) (laughs) it's just gonna be like two hours of like gorgeous cinematography and then just like an incoherent nonsense plot right where you can just feel cocaine resonating out of the script at you
1: right where everything is revealed in the trailers and not much is left for the the imagination
2: do you bleed metachlorians you will
1: here's here's what i really like about this movie it's just very simple like there's no hijinks there's like no additional unnecessary build-up you know there's no like dumb backstory that doesn't need to be uh, uh, uh like fleshed out in the movie it's just very simple a town needs help and needs gunmen here they are let's kill some people
0: yeah i would i, I mean it's it's nice too because like you talk about backstory and like Each of these characters, like, you get just enough. It's like it's like Hemingway in a certain extent. Like it's very sparse, but you like you like what is there is very effective for you to connect with the characters. And I think that you know th- this movie's a little long like it's a little over two hours it probably doesn't need to be quite that long and there are there are a couple superfluous parts to it like i don't think the romance story is all that effective with now chico and the and the village woman but
2: uh excuse me the german james the german james dean needs a romantic storyline at any, any given chance he's gorgeous <laughs> <laughs> so whatever man is that in his what contract yeah <laughs> Uh, I don't know. He was—they pulled him over from Germany for it, and he is, he is referenced as his Wikipedia page has his nickname as the German James Dean. Ah, so. <laughs> all
1: right, that's nice.
2: Can't express enough. This man got here six months before this movie and doesn't sound German at all. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Brenner sounds Cajun.
1: Right. Well, (laughs) going back to Chris's point though, in the original movie or not, sorry, this is the original movie in the remake with Denzel Washington and everything like that. Like they decided to throw in so much dumb backstory to convolute the plot. Like apparently Denzel Washington had a tie to the bad guy, you know, and, uh, Um, needed to flesh out like that revenge story and stuff. So
2: I don't know why you wouldn't want to change this plot. like At all. Right. I'd, it's really like I think I mean it's I think that's the pacing complaint is or like the time complaint is maybe just like 60s movie versus modern movie yeah it's like all those movies back then paced like that where they have like their um, they have their like climax and then they really take like their falling action super seriously where it's like this is where the high drama happens and this movie there's maybe not a need for high drama where you have the like scene where it's like you gotta stop taking risks like you little weirdo and it's like yeah but like you probably could have just ended with the gunfight going from there and then talked about it afterwards or something yeah to wrap it up but whatever it's how you pace the movie then people wanted a two-hour movie to make it feel like they paid their two dollars in earnest so whatever <laughs> <laughs> that's like what we had with clute too like clute fell really really long for kind of no reason at points right yeah
0: yeah the, there's a deliberateness to it um that that it's very purposeful in everything that it's doing.
2: I just wish we could do things like, I think this is the issue that we run into now where people know too much or like everything's kind of been done that we are like in the Simpsons did it of cinema. Cause this is literally just like a guy watched seven samurai vaguely knew the story about how the Mexican American war started with Pancho V like around Pancho Vila <laughs> on police actions. And they are like, we can just do that. Right. But the white guys are good guys. <laughs> yeah yeah, that'd be a really cool movie. Cool. <laughs> like, And it's great. And it works. It's We can't do that anymore. It's a bummer. Well, yeah, I
0: think that's, you know, to your question of like, why you would change this plot. I think there's definitely some, yeah, political correctness at play in terms of, you know, the white savior complex, saving a, a Mexican village who, who, you know, camp Fenber itself that I don't think that would play as well in today's climate.
2: It's not terribly historically off
1: though. Great. Right. <laughs> I don't know. And I didn't feel like it was at like I didn't feel that the Hispanic village was at like a uh, I don't know like a civil rights disadvantage.
2: Yeah, like no, it I felt g- like
1: you, you felt like you could put like anybody in that town and it would play, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think I think that's totally fair, and I think that the watching it again. And I you know I this is like one of my favorite movies. It's easily my favorite western. Um, so I've seen this movie multiple times, but I haven't watched it in a few years and it definitely like, and again, three white
1: guys, three white guys, three white guys. Uh, we don't know what we're talking about. Um, don't
2: come for us. Yeah, Hold don't. on a second.
1: Hold on a second. Can we record a disclaimer real quick? Hi, I'm Brian Curran and I'm on the Ulti TV podcast. I just want to remind everybody that my co-hosts and I, John and Chris are three white guys who have no idea what the hell we're talking about. So, if you hear anything that offends you that we've talked about, just remember, we're dumb. Yeah, we're dumb. <laughs> yeah. Please enjoy the podcast. Yeah, we're, yeah. So, I, I think when rewatching it, I was
0: like, oh, like this, this plays pretty well. Like, there wasn't, I was expecting to maybe cringe a little more than I had in the past or like be like, oh, that stereotype doesn't play too well. But there isn't, like, it, you know, there's maybe a little, um, like, maybe with the accents and stuff are a little played up. But, to your point, Brian, like, you could replace this with any, like, underdeveloped village. And, regardless of the race. And it would, it would you know, you wouldn't really need to change anything else about it. It would still, right you know,
2: work. The right. movie starts with a scene about racism being bad. <laughs> so, Which
1: felt super kind of cool. Like, holy shit. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was. So, it's, it's like... It's, I, I'm sure there are other Westerns and like, I don't know, tweet them at Chris because I will, I will never care, uh, that are like, but like, I've, like I said, my experience growing up was like a lot of like, if I watched a Western, a lot of, with my dad or grandpa, a lot of them were John Wayne movies and they're all fucking racist.
1: He is an (laughs)
2: asshole. So like, this is like, I've kind of had braced myself a little bit for that and to be like, oh, this is going to be. Uh, pretty insensitive. And then it was like it opened with like, actually, racism bad, and uh, you should help people in need regardless. I'm like, oh, who,
1: who, right? Good opening. <laughs> who else felt like they were gonna ride that uh, hearse like twenty miles to the next town? Like where I, I thought when they were gonna take the body to the cemetery, it was gonna be like a good ride. And then they just took it up the street, and I was like, well, what the fuck?
0: But I think what's great about this movie is that even in that short distance, there's a lot of tension in that scene. Like, yeah. they, th- like there's a lot of, like, they build it up really well where these guys are just kind of sitting on the sidelines and finally just getting, you know, Yul Brenner just gets fed up and is like, oh, Jesus Christ, like, just give me the friggin' reins and I'll take <laughs> the take damn the thing up there. Like, let's go. But then you just have this stretch up the hill and, okay, who's who's behind the curtain and then that shot that's a beautiful shot where they're riding it up the hill and these mm-hmm. like five guys come into view in front of the entrance of the cemetery it's really neat
2: there's so many just incredible shots in this movie oh yeah like like when they're negotiating there's like a really like really really good one when they're like negotiating with um man i forgot his name already and i just watched this movie like an hour ago got him dumb the uh the villain person oh. and he's like talking to chris and like that shot, like a lot of the shots in there, they're just like super well lit. They're like angling. It's great angles, great camera. I like that Chris, I like that every character knows they have plot armor. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a fun part of this movie. Just give me the carriage. I have plot armor. <laughs> <laughs> Chico just doing dumb shit because he's never going to die. It's fine. I got plot armor. There's a, there's a young lady waiting for me for the sequel <laughs> <laughs> plot armor the movie
0: i think what also helps a lot and you got a taste for it when i was doing the summary is the score of this movie is phenomenal and just oh it's great it's,
1: it's so much fun yeah.
0: like it there's just something about these old westerns when you get a good one with these like rousing like it's You know, it's rousing, it's dramatic, it's tense, it's heartfelt. Like, it just packs, it just adds an extra punch to every scene.
1: Well, it meets the landscape shots of the scenery, too. You know, like, you hear the music, you feel, you hear the music, you see, like, the wide, sprawling shots of the mountains and the plateaus, and you're like, yeah, this is right. This feels good. I think
2: I even talked about this in Clute. I think we just miss so much with like less analog media. Cause like, I have, my favorite part of westerns is the terrible gunshot noise.
1: <laughs> I, I love it. There was it. one that ma- sounded very gun esque. Yes, there it was. Makes, I know exactly which one you're so talking. Happy. about. <laughs>
2: and it's it's just like so like I don't. It's just nice, I guess, to like hear, and to like I. It's nice to I guess know. It's nice to let violence be like fake and not glorified. Like to be like super kind of like, like it's important that all these characters die, <laughs> right? And that they tell you at the start of the movie like, the killing's gonna keep coming until like, like until there's no reason for more killing, right? <laughs> like yeah, and it and it's got this <laughs> gonna like I have to kill some more and like or and orchestral music sounds so fucking good yep. and like if this movie was made in two thousand fucking seventeen, it would have had like the fucking lost po- lost profits or something in it well <laughs> garbage profits <laughs> so like, i don't know i don't know music anymore is that the, i hope that isn't i know there's like one that sounds like a band from when i was a kid i hope that's not the one that did really gross stuff and if it is i'm sorry it is because <laughs> i was trying to dodge is. around that one uh fuck whatever one saying t- chain smokers i don't know why i think they're they're that they're that <laughs> band that's the one i wanted
0: well, to take what you're saying a step further, John, too, it's like everything in this movie is real. Like, it's, you know, the the effects in the gunfights are maybe a little low-key, but they're real. There's no CGI. There's no green screen. You know, they shot all of this, you know, for real. You know, that's a real town that they built in the middle of the desert or wherever to, to shoot this movie. And, you know, there's just something where you can feel the realness of it when we're so overexposed to everything being fake in movies now that is just so refreshing.
2: And I also just like that the people look believably like they would exist in 1860. Like, they're not, like, hulking mounds of HGH. Right. <laughs> like, and <Tyrannibal. laughs> like Like, imagine this movie, like, visually... With like, I don't know, like starring like Bruce Willis as Chris, and like Chris Hemsworth as like Vin, and like I don't know Liam Hemsworth as Chico or something. Where it's just like they're all like they're all like over muscled, they're just like super like tall and jacked and like gorgeous like picturesque people. And I just feel like back in the '60s, and I know I even mentioned this a little bit, but like. They just hired people that were good at acting and kind of figured it out. <laughs> and if they told you they were hot, you expected them. They you you were expected to believe the movie that they were. <laughs> like so, you, that's what you did. Like there, I think there's a, I think maybe there's more meritocracy in Hollywood than than there is now. Like or like more fandom in Hollywood where now it's like much more economically driven. I suppose stakes are higher. You got to be more perfect, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera
1: yeah
0: no i mean who you don't you don't have a charles bronson you don't have a james coburn type who would those people even be in movies these days like those guys to have these like really rugged faces (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um
2: yeah guess how old charles guess how old charles bronson was in this movie
0: i would guess he's pretty young it's 1960 what'd you say
2: brian what'd you say brian 55 uh no no chris do you want to take a shot i want to i want to
0: say like 30
2: 39 wow that's the point of charles bronson is he is conceivably (laughs) any age from 20 to 60 i was i was gonna (laughs) i was gonna say
0: 35 and i'm like nah that's probably too old it's gonna be younger
2: (laughs) yeah 39 39 in this damn yeah and like chico was actually quite young i think he was like 24 ish Oh, I did my little sense. back. I did my little background research. I, I had a lot of fun. I Had a lot of fun watching this and actually being prepared for once in my life. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you t- when Corona takes my job. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you took your job. Um,
0: there's just like a lot of fun to be had in this movie, though. Like, there's a ton of fun, like one-liners. There's a like, there's that good assembly assembling the team montage, which like. I don't even know if you can call it a montage because I think most montages are like five minutes. And I was keeping track similar to your keeping track of when Charles Bronson said words, uh, they don't return to the village until 45 minutes into the movie. So it's like, it's like this 40 minute montage of just like Yul Brenner and Steve McQueen just going to find guys, watching them do stuff for five minutes and being like, what's up?
2: It does everything very similar. seven samurai just because i i just started watching it before we were recording and i'm like right i'm just about through the team assembly montage Mm. and the like traveling to go like meet somebody or and or like having them come up is so much more effective than like (laughs) like i heard that there's a there's a shitty samurai chopping wood in my backyard do you want to go see him (laughs) where it's like well he's a good gun and he you know he's he needs help (laughs) so i guess we should take him and like, I, it just gives the. I feel like they have like a lot more character. But I'm also, I'm also an ugly American, so like, I I know American stuff better. I don't know. I just like, I just enjoy, I enjoy the ones that are like dead, the dead characters that are like exactly the same, except Americanized. Yeah. I find them so fucking fun. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking, you can immediately tell the skeevy guy who's gonna run away <laughs> in the in Seven Samurai. 2. you're like fuck
0: this guy on this rewatch of this movie that guy was kind of like charles bronson obviously like low-key mvp of this movie but um harry luck i really enjoyed this guy just like on this endless pursuit of like okay we're going to help this village but what like what are we really doing what's 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 the play here guys where's the gold (laughs) and just
1: (laughs) but what do we get on top of that okay well what (laughs) about the aztec gold
2: I think he holds. I think he holds up really well as a character. It, like as a source of like levity as a character in a way that um, maybe like Chico doesn't. Mm. Like hold up as like a kind of like a source of like slaps. Like as like something to take away from the main plot for you to feel like nice about. Yeah, where it's like he's hilarious. <laughs> like he's very very funny. Just all of his, like, well, it's time to turn mom's pictures around and run. <laughs> like, he's so, he's like, a lot of fun to have as a character. I don't think the movie would be quite as good without um a little source of, like, humor. They
0: rush his redemption a little bit. Like, he, like, rides back into town, immediately gets shot and dragged into.
2: Like, it's like, oh.
1: I'm doing it, Ma. I'm doing it. Yeah. they were very done with this movie, I think, by the end of oh, it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because. Cause I was like, all right, I only got a little bit of time left before I gotta. Uh, I watched this movie right up into this podcast, and I was like, oh god, how long is this gonna be for an end shootout? And it's like five minutes. It's like five ten minutes for the final climax gunfight or whatever, and that, that felt very short. But by the time it was over, I was like, yep, that blew. It's all I need. I don't <laughs> yeah, need. I don't need a forty minute shootout where we see everybody mow down hundred people.
2: I think it's kind of the failing of some of the modern Westerns. Like, from, like, the 90s onward, when they had that, like, little revival of Westerns. It was just, like, we can do more action-wise. We know more. So we should do it always. Because that's what people like. They, like, miss why people like these movies, I think. Where it's kind of, like... I think people like the, the window to a time when that wasn't so long ago, but feels a long time ago. Because, mm-hmm. like... It's like this weird time in America of world history where like technology outruns the government's ability to control it really wildly, <laughs> and it's like ah oh, shit, <laughs> like we don't have any ability to handle these people. Let them let them shoot each other. <laughs> so like I I think people that's like they like the characters, they like that concept of like that old masculinity where it's like a lot of the movies like not about being afraid to die, which is kind of weird because now we're all like please no please don't no cough I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that was i mean to your point that was the thing i picked up and i don't know if that's because i'm older or whatever it was but like this like you know when you watch this movie when you're younger you're like hmm, fun western good characters like yeah save the village but like you like watching it now i got so much more of the subtext of like oh shit this is about like men and understanding like th- the biggest thing i got was you know when you get towards the end of the movie it's not just about like oh these guys are you know kind of rough and tumble you know cowhand or hired guns that you know end up having a an affection for this village and its people it's like them understanding like oh people really do live this way and i could have this kind of life and wouldn't it be nice if i could put down my gun and not have to live the way i've been living and there was something to me that was just like kind of heartbreaking about that um and just made the movie a lot more uh gave it a lot more emotional heft than maybe i realized it had in the past
2: yeah that like part with like steve mcqueen talking to chico where he's like talks about he has like no opportunities because of his like Mm -hmm. lifestyle is like it's kind of it's a bummer man and then he has to like I like. I think the reason we I think the reason the movie is as good as it is, but like it's obvious. Like everyone's cool in it and they're good actors, but like every character kind of gets to like complete a little story arc in a lot of ways. Where it's like knife guy like only cares about being super good at like being knife guy, gunfighting, like gunfighting, knife fighting, and like he as he dies he does something where he's like he was impressed with himself, and like Charles von Bronson is like listless and doesn't have a reason to live, and then he like. Accepts that he's like a mixed race person and like saves some children and he like dies pretty happy, <laughs> like and then they like Chico gets to be like, because I like the, I think they like a crux of the movie is like they're like you this isn't the life for you, and then they like, t- convince him it isn't right <laughs> and he goes and marries that nice young girl, and then they like but it's still like Yul Brenner and Steve McQueen like ride off to be like well we're
1: fucked <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you know what this is this is a good expendable movies. 50 years before the expendables. Oh, don't compare this movie to that trash. <laughs> so that's, that's, please don't do that. <laughs>
2: you remember when Ronda Rousey was supposed to be an actress but then everyone's like, "God, this woman has no charisma." <laughs> 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 just has okay abs and beat up a shitty division. Yeah. Uh, what a time. Actually great abs. I shouldn't I shouldn't be that mean.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm just, sorry Ronda Rousey. You're you you would love to have those abs.
2: I, as as a man, I would take those women I'm sure, Fuck it. I'd be bizarre looking. It would be tremendous.
0: <laughs> I do like, to your Expendables point, that this movie has, like, half of the cast, well, half of the cast of this movie ends up in The Great Escape three years later, which is, like, the bigger, better version of, like, hey, let's throw a bunch of popular actors into a cool thing.
2: It just seems like that was the the deal then, man. That seems like how you did it. Yeah, <laughs> like it just made movies get done faster. It was to put a bunch of good people at that one thing. Whereas now it makes movies take seventeen years because like, The Rock and Vin Diesel can't look at each other without <laughs> wanting to fuck without <laughs> wanting to fuck fight. Like, <laughs> so... <laughs> that's is it, that it true? Different that that they hate each other? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, they hate they, each other.
0: Yeah, they despise each other.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> like, I would honestly say, like, the only actor in this who didn't look, like, super invested is, like, Coburn. And I can't tell if that, if he's so good at acting that that's the character, or if he's, like, just, like, meh.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. It's the, uh, it's the Michael Sarah effect. <laughs> you don't know if he's really good <laughs> at acting or if that's
0: just how he is. Well, and to your point, John, like, he's really, like, the only character who doesn't like have a very like he's gotta be the one who has the least to say in this entire movie right like
2: i think he has like two lines
0: yeah because two
2: or three lines
0: he doesn't like he doesn't really become emotionally invested in the town like the other characters do and he doesn't really have enough of an issue where he gets a redemption in in the end like he I don't know. He like leaves his knife behind, I guess, which is probably symbolic of something that I can't. Well,
2: it's I I think it wasn't a redemption because it was like the point of him was like he didn't care about money. He wanted to like do something really hard. Mm -hmm. He wanted the challenge. And then he like the final scene is him shooting those like. Four, his final scene is those four dudes riding away from him at like full speed on horses, and he hits all of them. Oh yeah! And then he kind of has like a moment where his face is like, "Oh, that was pretty good." And then he's he like, like, "Oh shit, I got." Then he does the cool guy. Then he does cool guy death where he throws the knife into the rock. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why he dies from a single wound to the upper shoulder, but yeah, it's
1: back then. I'm well, not a doctor. Uh, <laughs> so. Well, first off, I really like how uh, Chico told him earlier when they take out those three uh, uh, sentinels uh or scouts yeah he's like great shot no it's bad shot i was aiming for the horse horse who aims <laughs> what the fuck man don't shoot the horse well no
0: but that was the whole point of that mission is they were supposed to bring someone back alive right and they yeah. ended up killing all of them
2: yeah when you're good one to uh, one a weird piece of potential history that could have happened that didn't sure so obviously Always. this movie ru- this movie rules right and uh yes. chico's very good in it um and he was offered the lead in a fistful of dollars, and turned it, and was told to turn it down. Oh wow! Ah. Ah.
1: <laughs>
2: so that could have changed the world. Man, all. there's a what if for you. That would have been weird, man. Yeah, that was like a little little footnote on his Wikipedia, and I was like, wait, people should make a bigger deal of that. That's a really, that was really bad. And then he did like two terrible movies right after and kind of was like, I am back to Germany now.
1: <laughs> That's because he can't clap his hands. <laughs> You know what's you
0: they know what was clap funny my funny is that he couldn't do the hand clap thing, and then like later they show
1: him catching fish with his bare hands out of a river. Right. <laughs> oh my god! I still don't. Maybe you guys can help me out with that. I don't fully understand the hand clapping thing.
2: Well, is not he like it's like you could pull a gun in between his clap or something, where it's like that's what he's like it's, trying to it's see. It's like a speed, uh, yeah. It's
1: like a speed test. Oh, like how, I see. how quick on I the draw see. is he? Gotcha. I didn't know if he was like trying to stop the gun or if he could draw the gun and put it in his hands, but the, the latter makes more sense now.
2: The, the Seven Samurai version is they would make people walk into a door and then his his Steve McQueen would try to hit him with a stick. <laughs> 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 if, they this, if they could stop the stick, they were good. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Which is very funny.
1: <laughs> I couldn't help but think throughout this this great movie, right? That the presence of Paul Newman could have made it like a
2: little bit better. Who would you put Paul Newman as though? Or do I you don't want it even to be, know. Just or do you want it to be the Hateful Eight? <laughs> make it the Hateful Eight.
0: Paul Newman would have been too much of a presence. Like, there's there's a really good balance here where like, again, they're not super attractive. No one has too strong of a personality. You put Steve McQueen in the number two spot, so he's like. Mm, like he, he's he's he shines but he's not totally stealing the spotlight and you get Steve McQueen's there for the ladies hell yeah
1: <laughs> uh. keep on shining everybody gonna shine
2: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't critically watched this like I said ever um, because I just burned out on it um, but like I was like Yule Brenner's immediately like hey just so you know I will carry whatever you put me in. I'm incredible. <laughs> I'm, I'm the clearly the best actor in this movie. And I was like, oh, but I my brain knows Steve McQueen's name better, and that makes me worry he's gonna like, he's gonna go full on. This is a movie about me, and then he didn't, and it was and it awesome. <laughs> it's <was> very good.
0: <laughs> well. I think we could keep talking about this movie forever, but I think we should, for the sake of time, wrap up and give our final judgments on it. I will say, if you're looking for a kid-friendly version of this, check out A Bug's Life, which also has the same basic plot. (laughs)
2: Check out, if you you want any other version of this, check out any movie. (laughs) Most of them are this movie. (laughs) Or Uh, Dances with the Wolves. Those are the two movies every movie is. And (laughs)
0: Die Hard. Every movie is Die Hard, too. Oh, right. Right, right. right. All right. So, for this movie, we have special judgment categories. Is this a Magnificent Movie, a So-So-7, or a Catastrophic Calvera?
1: (laughs) I was really expecting it. Let me think about that real quick.
2: But it's... But it's it's magnificent. It's, it is it's mag- uh, yeah, right. It's a classic for a reason. It's uh it's really really good, really really good yeah. movie.
0: Yeah, I I don't think there's too much we need to add to that uh, that we haven't already said. This is this is a good movie. It's and it's like fairly family friendly if you're like okay with gun violence. Like there's not a lot of swears. There's not you know no what prostitutes. That...
1: One guy gets killed with machete. Um, yeah, and that's about I got, it. I, a guy takes an
2: axe to the back
1: uh oh there's that too yeah
2: i mean honestly at every movie is more violent yeah if you let your kids watch hercules you're fine with this at one point (laughs) it looks like
0: someone opened a package of uh tomato juice on uh brosnan's (laughs) arm when he gets shot that was like the weirdest blood i've ever seen and i don't know why it like struck me as so odd but it just it like r- literally like poured out of him like someone was pouring a glass of juice and I like...
2: every all the good guys dying's fake blood is very hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like dried into their it's like Kool-Aid thrown on a shirt for all of them <laughs> except for the except for Lee cuz he dies pretty. Yeah.
0: He does yeah. die pretty. Well, that's going to do it for Magnificent 7 and this mini series <laughs> of screw you watch this. Next month is July, and we will be doing a Christmas in July special.
1: It's a Whee! Christmas in July miracle. Back or on bam. that
0: Christmas grind. Uh, we thought it would be fun to watch the 2019 Christmas Carol miniseries starring Guy Pearce and Andy Serkis that aired on FX last year. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll obviously everyone knows what a Christmas Carol is, how it happens, especially if you're listening to this podcast. So, I think instead of focusing on the plot, I think we'll focus more on how this version deviates uh, from more traditional adaptations. Because as I read in several reviews, the purpose of this one is that this Scrooge, he fucks.
1: (laughs) Mm. Is Guy Pearce Scrooge? Oh yeah, oh, of course oh. he fucks. Then. He absolutely oh, wow. fucks. fucks. Oh yeah, I thought you were joking, yeah.
2: and that was like a weird, a weird choice. But no, Scrooge
1: fucks. <laughs> Scrooge doesn't just fuck; he fucks.
2: <laughs> there's our first.
1: There's our first shirt. <laughs> <laughs> this
2: is, Scrooge,
1: Scrooge, Scrooge fucks. fucks. What would, would uh, John? What would be the minimalistic uh, uh, design uh, along with the shirt?
2: Probably, probably like a, it would just be like black shirt, white text. I think is probably <laughs> it. <laughs> and just screw it, would be like, Fox. Let's, let's bring back the terrible shirts from when we were in college when it was like all big block letters. <laughs> like, yeah. it would be like a neon shirt with like blaze orange writing. <laughs> Scrooge fucks! <Fox. laughs> where's your family Christmas outing? <laughs>
0: There we go. Next year's Christmas sweaters.
2: <laughs> Merry Christmas, you're happy, you're alive, and Scrooge fucks. Merch coming soon. <laughs> when there's, I don't know, 200,000 of you, fuck it.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: Can't wait. Can't wait. Until that time, have a uh, happy 4th of July. Celebrate responsibly. Um, oh, by the way, you can watch that miniseries on Hulu uh, if you want to follow along yes. with us. Otherwise, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. All that stuff helps us out. You can still do it now. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. We're getting close to 100 followers on some of those. So that's exciting. Ooh, ooh 100 people. It's
2: exponential. it's exponential growth, baby.
0: It's only going to go up.
2: Once it goes to 100, then it goes to 200. And the next thing you know, Brian's running for president. <laughs> hi
1: current 2020, bringing the nation up to current times. Okay. Oh, God.
2: Oh, wow. I wasn't expecting good. That was
1: good. Yeah. No, I've thought about this already. I thought about running for mayor of Salt Lake City uh, just by putting up a billboard in my area. (laughs) Because for a while, it seemed like the only way, the only, the the only need you needed to get into the mayoral race was to put up a billboard. I didn't see anything else but billboards for it. So I'm,
2: I'm currently residing in a town so small it doesn't have a mayor, oh. <laughs> so I could run for judge, but my name, it doesn't lend itself to puns.
1: I don't know, man, is... <laughs> but Judge John Weeding sounds so authoritative. That does sound pretty good. Go to law school. <laughs> change change
2: your whole you life. Have to. <laughs> I don't think you I don't think you have to go to law school to be the judge here. I'm going to be real with you. Oh. It's an elected position.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, but do it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm weeding out the opposite.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, there we go.
2: <laughs>
0: There's something there. There's no, no, a kernel. No, 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 no. Yeah.
2: Weeding
1: uh, out drugs—that's like the weeding out
2: crime. problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People here seem to care about that, even though there isn't actually a crime problem. So. <laughs>
0: that's that's what we should have as a some kind of Twitter contest or social media contest. Send us your best slogans for our uh, elected races.
2: <laughs> winner winner gets political to pick races. episodes yeah political, political races, races. Yeah, yeah my 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 campaign one for chris would be it's a sweet lick and then just a picture of chris <laughs> winking <laughs> at the camera thumbs up baby. <laughs> all right
0: well until next time thanks for listening we're glad you're still alive i've been chris
1: i've been brian
2: I'm still John. And I screwed Ew. up the
0: outro. See you next time. Hey. Hey. <laughs> In a town south dun, of the border.
1: Okay, we'll do it do, do
0: it for real cuz I can't dun, I, I don't have the Hold on. <laughs> let me let me start over and we'll do it for real. <clears throat> <Okay.
1: laughs>